0: All right, this is a little bit of a pre-show, just sort of uh, rambling as I'm getting ready here. It's 6.30 on a Saturday morning, and uh, I am in Studio F, my Fiat 500. I'm in the parking lot of a commercial building roughly across the street from my home because it's uh, down off the street, and it's quiet here. On a Saturday morning, it's very nice. Um, the building is actually where I used to work, and I get a little thrill for some reason recording these shows uh, just outside that place. I don't know why, but uh, anyway, let's get started with the show, shall we? Hit me. <laughs>
1: From
2: Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for. Suck-a-tash. Suckatash. Clips, the original comedy soundcast featuring snippets from comedy. Soundcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy soundcast soundcaster, La- Mark La- Hershaw.
0: Thank you, Bill Haywatt, our loyal booth announcer. And you know what? He's right. It is me, Mark Hershon, your host in Kentucky Bluegrass for Epi 156 of Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast. We are back with another installment of Suckatash Clips, where we feature some snippets from comedy soundcasts from the width, length, and depth of the Internet. Our associate producer Tyson Sainer and I combine forces to pull down snippets from the following shows for this week's selections. And God-created podcast, Gone Riffin', In Poor Taste, Juice in the Morning, Podcast for Laundry, live from the Poundstone Institute, and your mom's house. In addition, not only do we have a double dose of our Burst-O-Durst with political comedian and social commentator Will Durst, but also a bonus Durst bit. Some of the audio from his new one-man show here in San Francisco called The Durst Case Scenario. And for the first time in what seems like forever, we bring back the segment featuring our own Bill Haywatt, none other than Boozing with Bill. Yeah! Bill and I belly up to the Studio P wet bar a little bit later in the show. He's going to whip up one of his odd concoctions. Concoctions. The drinks. This week's episode brought to you by our friends at Henderson's Pants, which means we are legally obligated to play one of their commercials a little bit later. And we've officially kicked off our own Patreon page. Since the selling of commercials has not been going so well here at Suckatash, this is your chance to help us out by contributing to things like, oh, the production of the show and hosting costs for the show. You just have to click over to patreon.com slash Suckatash and kick a little something into the kitty. It's like a buck a month right now. I, that's the only thing I could figure out how to put up there. I'm figuring out more. And as more people go to that site, I am going to start putting up some exclusive content. Yep. Special interviews you can't get here on the regular show and some other stuff I haven't even thought of. All right. Appreciate your help. The more you be given, the better we be living. And that is an old saying I just made up. Let's get into the meat of Epi 156, shall we? First up, the first of two of Durst, where he's talking about the death of the skinny repeal.
3: Hey, guys. Will Durst, here are the few choice words about the demise of the skinny repeal. That's what the Senate finally voted on in their gazillionth attempt to undo Obamacare. The fat repeal was discarded long ago as lacking popular support. Neither did the plump, portly, rotund, or tubby repeal display much appeal amongst conservatives. And nobody ever talked about the pudgy and obese repeals, which were mothballed without ever seeing the light of day. Since the skinny repeal failed, Mitch McConnell reportedly will not consider a scrawny repeal, much less a slender, gaunt, malnourished, emaciated, or anorexic repeal. And surely we can assume the cadaverous repeal is dead on arrival. For the last seven years, Republicans campaigned on repeal and replace, But in a rare televised 2 a.m. vote, they failed to convince three of their own to repeal now and then maybe replace down the line, maybe not, with the emphasis on the not. The most dramatic part was not the final count, 51 nays to 49 yays, but how it was accomplished. Senator John McCain cast the deciding vote, sending the tie-breaking Vice President Mike Pence home to bed. It was way past his bedtime. And now McCain's motivation is being questioned. Is he just being his normal, irascible self, or is he sticking it to the president, or did he find it tough to leave a publicly paid hospital stay in his home state of Arizona to throw millions of people off their health care so rich people could have more money? He's not talking. President Trump immediately tweeted plans to let Obamacare fail because that makes America great again, having a leader willing to let other people die to prove a point. The upshot is Mitch McConnell might actually have to compromise with Democrats. Yes, his worst nightmare has finally come true. And then tomorrow, locusts. For Succotash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, I'm Will Durst.
0: All right, so that's the usual sort of two-minute chunk of political comedy goodness that we get here from Mr. Durst every episode. This next piece is, as I mentioned earlier, a part right out of the start of his new live one-man show. He's actually sent us a clip, but it was a video clip, so I will embed it in the blog entry for this episode at show.com But for you, the listener, I have pulled the audio out of the clip, and I'm going to play it for you right here, right after I read Durst's note that came with it. So here's a short clip from my show, Durst Case Scenario. The clip is about four minutes, but the performance is about 85 minutes long. Me and my trusty overhead projector, it mocks and scoffs and taunts, but with taste. And be warned, not very bipartisan. (laughs) He says, I'm playing by his rules now. So obviously talking about our El Presidente. So here we go. Here's a clip, a chunk, a piece from Durst Case Scenario. Yeah, you are the good guys. Huh? Thank you for coming out.
3: My name is Will Durst. Uh, I'm a political comic. I aspire to be a satirist. But you say that and people think you have goat legs or something. That was a test joke, yeah. Thank you very much.
1: They weren't sure.
3: in a political comic, as you might well imagine, is kind of an ephemeral deal. Uh, it's up and down and left and right. Sometimes there's nothing going on, and I'm screwed. But
4: <laughs> <laughs> not now.
3: Oh my God! So not now. The most not in the history of not now. You're talking DEF CON 4, not now. Not now to the power of damn. Everybody says to me, oh man, Darius Trump must be a, a gift from comedy heaven. Well, yeah, but no, because how do you parody a parody? of America is Donald Trump. (laughs) That's the joke. (laughs) The rest is (laughs) first. President Donald Trump. That's like saying the John Goodman swimsuit calendar. (laughs) Kim Kardashian in a lab coat at the Atomic Energy Commission. <laughs> Usually the comedic landscape is a horizon punctuated by spikes but with Trump it's all spikes. You can't get any perspective. He's using chaos as fog. Seriously, as I try to juggle jello or staple smoke. I catch an eel in a butter sculpture wearing oven mitts. Wearing the oven mitts, not the eel. Eels <laughs> don't have hands. They have a little flippers, a little Trump hat. But you know what they say small hands, small understanding of how government works. And there's something every day, every day. Every day, You know that graphic, Breaking News? It broke. The anchors are exhausted. Every day there's something. You've heard of the Midas touch. He has the Hades touch. His very being is built to strike the flip that shoots a spark towards the flammable kindling he calls static. And the hard part is living on the west coast because every morning we wake up going, oh, What now? What hallowed institution has he sent straight to hell? Uh, uh, no matter how early you get up, man, he's had a three-hour head start to light the fuse to Armageddon every day without a mushroom cloud.
0: Is a victory. (laughs) If you are in and around San Francisco, you can check out his show. That's the Durst case scenario. It goes up every Tuesday night at the Marsh Theater. Uh, Marsh Theater puts on a lot of interesting productions and Durst has done a number of his there. That's at 1062 Valencia Street in San Francisco at 8 p.m. Again, every Tuesday. And... If you uh, use the code POTUS, P-O-T-U-S, you can get eight bucks off the ticket price. So for more information on Durst Case Scenario, hop on over to themarsh.org. It's just that easy. All right, now it's time to dive into some clippage. That's what we're really here for. Let's start with a bit of brand new soundcast from an old friend of mine. This comes from uh, Epi 1 of Live from the Poundstone Institute, hosted by comedian Paula Poundstone. She's appeared a lot on A Prairie Home Companion and NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. But now she's got her own show for NPR, and I recently reviewed it for Splitsider.com. It's a pretty entertaining romp in front of a live studio audience. It's also pretty short. The debut episode runs just a smidge over a half hour, and she crams a bunch of stuff in with short visits from some smart people like scientists and professors, as well as celebrities. In this clip, she's going deep on the sexual proclivities of the Tyrannosaurus Rex.
5: Okay, Adam, what are we putting under the old microscope next?
6: Uh, Well, Paula, we're gonna be looking into Tyrannosaurus sex. We think of the Tyrannosaurus Rex as a fearsome monster, right, tearing apart its enemies and trying to eat Velociraptors, Stegosauruses, and Jeff Goldblum, but the burning question we all want to know the answer to is, what was T-Rex like in the sack? Turns out they're sensitive lovers. Joining us now to talk about it is Thomas Carr. He's a vertebrate paleontologist, director of the Carthage Institute of Paleontology, a competing institute to the Poundstone Institute. (laughs) Thomas, thank you for joining us.
7: Hello. Thank you for having me. Hi.
6: What grabbed our attention was a headline we saw about your paper, and you probably know what it is. The headline is, Tyrannosaurus Rex was a sensitive lover. Yeah. I know that's only one detail of your paper, but... What... uh, Let's start with this. What is considered sensitive lovemaking by T-Rex standards? Is it just popping some Mentos first to get rid of that pterodactyl breath or what?
7: It has to do with being gentle with your mate. There's some evidence to think that T-Rex was a lot like alligators and crocodiles. And they would uh, be very gentle with each other. They would nose and they would bump each other. Very gentle stuff for such monstrous dinosaurs.
5: Well, their arms aren't really long enough to stroke anything.
7: They aren't, but if you take the head and neck together, that's sort of like a giant arm and fingertip. And we think that the face of T-Rex was as sensitive as a human fingertip. And so that's where all the sensory equipment is located, around the jaws, around the mouth. And they would have Rub faces together.
5: Um, can I ask you, wh- how do you know this? I mean, all we have from dinosaurs is uh, like fossils and bones, right?
6: And a few diaries.
5: <laughs> and, okay, and the well, diaries.
7: Well, bones are like diaries. Bones can tell you a heck of a lot. And the cool thing about T Rex faces is their skull bones compare really well with crocodiles. And so from crocs, we can get a really good picture of what T-Rex was like.
5: You know, I'm sure you know more than I do on this topic, but uh, um, people used to mistake me for Rosie O'Donnell a lot, you know? (laughs)
6: Right, and yet you don't behave like Rosie O'Donnell.
5: I don't behave like Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell and...
6: will rub her face against you just to say hi.
5: No, she never would.
6: <laughs> but reading right from your paper, I'm going to quote, In courtship, yep. Tyrannosaurids might have rubbed their sensitive faces together as a vital part of pre-copulatory play. That, that, yes. that, that, the word courtship kind of stands out with me, because yeah. it's hard for me to picture a Tyrannosaur courting. Yeah.
7: The cool thing is that Crocs and T-Rex share a common ancestor, and... Crocodiles actually have an extended courtship and then they get into the pre behavior, which the press is called foreplay. And essentially it is, you know, being gentle and doing this head and neck rubbing is really important. They rub jaws together and they'll even twist around each other.
6: Okay. And so
7: each step is, is really like, um, you know, being on a date. You All know, right. one false move and it's over.
5: Well, I'm not so, sure I would call that a date.
6: Well, it's a, it's yeah. a hookup at yeah, the least.
5: No. I mean, I'd, uh, but do- I like Dr. a nice meal. I don't want somebody rubbing their jaw on me.
6: <laughs> what then would T-Rex sex look like?
7: That's a good question. Um, the male would probably attempt to mount the female. What direction they'd be facing is, would be a good question. I don't know if they would be...
5: Towards the sunset. ...each other or tail <laughs> to tail. <laughs> <laughs> sure of it.
0: In that same debut episode, she's visited by Larry Wilmore, who's just started his own podcast called Black on the Air, which we'll clip in the near future. Now, I got to know Paula because she did a lot of her early stand-up years in San Francisco, where I was also booking shows and hanging out with the comedy crowd at places like the Holy City Zoo, The Other Cafe, Cobb's Pub, and The Punchline. I also hung out with her a number of times when she headlined the Comedy Underground, a club in Seattle that I used to run. She's one of those genuinely funny people, without having to be on when she's off stage. I'll have to get her on on an upcoming installment of Succotas Chats. That'd be nice to catch up with her here. Find her show live from the Poundstone Institute at mpr.com, as well as any of the usual podcatchers around. Switching gears, our next offering is from our associate producer Tyson Sainer's fresh crop of soundcast clips. It's from Juice in the Morning, the host is Justin Juice Kelly, and in the on the home site for his show, he says, I do this show as a hobby, but maybe one day it'll be more than that. He's done more than 60 episodes at this point, so he is well on his way. This clip is from episode 65, and Juice is talking to frequent guest Thomas Smith, who may also be the show's producer, from what Tyson could find out.
8: For your taste in comedy, can you, can you appreciate other styles of comedy, or do you kind of just enjoy the stuff that you're into or do you are you kind of like somebody who can look at something and be interested in multiple different no i I am i I
9: am an absolute blank canvas when it comes to comedy and writing Mm -hmm. in movies and entertainment in general i think that's why i really am
8: i think that's why we get along a lot with that because you know people have asked me like you know if they they like you'll see a movie and they're like did you think that sucked and i'll be like yeah and maybe it sucked but like there were things that i enjoyed about it right. and i can like usually i'm i'm a very i'm very optimistic going to into anything artistic
9: right like if you go into anything assuming something mm-hmm. and that's a very broad statement but <laughs> yeah. if you go into anything that is entertainment or literature or whatever it may be or mm-hmm. you know art yeah and you assume something then you're kind of already just screwed. Yeah. Like as soon as you walk in that museum. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> well, then, <laughs> then fucking do it, exactly. You douchebag. Well,
8: what's hilarious about that is the it's. I think I've always equated like you know abstract art like that when somebody says oh I could do that, but can you? sell it to somebody as this is the deep thought that I had about this social situation and like tie it all together and actually convince somebody that that's what you were going for.
9: Right. Like, so um, in 1945 post-war France, (laughs) did you, paint a picture? No, no, I did not. And uh, make it into something <laughs> yeah. that you could sell to someone else yeah. so you could feed your freaking family? Yeah. No, you didn't. Nope. And that's how I feel about like okay. I hope Ray doesn't listen to this. <laughs> Ray's been ranting about um, Nick at Night (laughs) and how, like, it just constantly plays.
8: (laughs) Um, Nick at Night is uh, a...
9: Well, it used to be a goldmine of, like, great (laughs) just television. Like, me my mom used to sit down. Oh, I love
8: Lucy. I Dream of Jeannie. Yeah. Did they play those or was it? Oh, no, yeah.
9: Yeah. You're Nick talking at about Knight, the right time like, we're, changing, like, we're talking about early nineties, yeah. late eighties. Is
8: Nick at night changing to like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and stuff like that?
9: They wish <laughs> that's where Ray, Ray, wishes. That's where they were going. No, but, uh, my poor friend, Ray, um, no, it's, uh, I don't even want to state his name. Yeah. No. Uh, It's just bad comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, And in fairness to comedians, like, you get to have, like, one or three opportunities if you're really successful to have your own television show.
8: Oh, yeah. So,
9: like, um, Louis C.K., you know... Best case scenario as a stand up, you have to be a very successful stand up because if you're relying on your success to land in television, you're going to get shit on. Yeah. I mean, that's just the bottom <laughs> line.
8: Yeah. Um, and I think right now, I which think...
9: is why Ray Liotta never did stand up.
8: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he could pull it off. Are um... you
0: kidding me? <laughs> You can get your juice in the morning from their home site on Libsyn. We have a direct link up on the blog entry for this episode at our home site, SuccotashShow.com, or get some more juice in the morning from iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, etc. There's another brand newish podcast, just a few episodes in, called Podcast for Laundry beginning to think my campaign to change the term podcast to soundcast is maybe not catching on as fast as I was hoping, but I'm going to keep on it mainly because I think it annoys people. But anyway, Podcast for Laundry is a show hosted by comedian Brett Davis on the Forever Dog Network. Brett's a winner of the Andy Kaufman Award, and like Andy, Brett often performs as one of a number of characters he's created. This podcast is a great example. It's recorded in a laundromat, and the guests don't seem to be very ha- happy to be there. At least his first guest, who's Tom Sharpling, host of The Best Show. He's got a little unpleasant feedback here for Brett. You know, there's a lot of money
10: to be made in... If if this thing blows up, say, uh-huh. this podcast. And I mean blow up in the good way. I think there's a chance this pod... One way or another, this podcast blows up. Mm-hmm. There's the way I am increasingly seeing... It blow up, mm-hmm. which is you returning this Zoom recorder to Guitar Center. It Clearly, is new. Mm-hmm. All this equipment is this? Is this how old is this equipment? It's brand new. Yeah, it, it seems like you have thirty days, Brett, to figure out whether this podcast is going to blow up. I got in that way. I got it a year ago. Because I've been oh, so it's, thinking it's, it's, about this for a year. So it's brand... Oh, so it's it, it, it sat in the box for 11 months. Yeah. Watch your mouth. Okay, uh, and give it a spin.
11: Uh, what I'm going to do is you're, you're a big music yeah. buff. Uh-huh.
10: Um, And uh, I want to see what you're spinning these days. This yeah. sucks. I got to just say, that's... I, I'm just a missing... I'm missing why what where did you just back walk me to the beginning on this why okay uh when I would do
11: laundry I would actually often listen to the best show Um, see now
10: you're trying to play some weird sentimental card that I'm gonna now feel guilty about and you know what I'm not gonna feel guilty about it because I'm the one who drove to this launch you didn't come to my studio to do this I came to Could a I laundromat. Come to the studio, sure you can come to the studio. You come, come any Tuesday you come by. Mm-hmm. So you to do my podcast? No, to do. I don't. I came here, and it's feeling like you probably should have. This is not. This was not ready to go, and but we're we're well into it, and. I feel like you're doing a... Let me ask you this. Why do you want to do any podcast? Uh, I think...
11: Because they're hot? I think there's an audience for them. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And I've got a career that I'm trying to foster. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of what I do is a little esoteric. So I wanted something that's kind of universal. And what's more universal than keeping your clothes clean, like you said.
10: Yeah, or... Mm-hmm. there's also the option that you just don't do a podcast because you it feels like you're doing one because it's what to do and then you came up with this concept after the idea well it's good business to do a podcast what should i do one about i'm not making oh, money off i this don't thing. know i will you maybe. Oh, i'm sure you will mm-hmm. the way things seem to be going You'll ha this podcast will be, be a movie probably a year from now. Really? I don't know. It's just it seems like everybody's things go a hundred. Here's miles. what I'm giving a spin. Okay. Uh, the clean. Hold
11: for music. Washed out. Hold for music. Cleaners from Venus. Hold for music. Washer. for music. Tom, what are you giving a spin these days? What do you like? Does it have to be laundromat themed? No.
10: I don't know. I was listening to a Joni Mitchell album Uh earlier today. Is that something you listen to Joni Mitchell when you're doing laundry? No, it's not. Um, I generally don't because I'm in my house. I don't need to put headphones on in my house. We can just put the stuff in the machine and then I can go in a different room. And then when the buzzer goes off, then I can come back in and do the next thing with it.
11: Well, when you're doing your laundry at home, I'm sure you run into the same universal problems that whether you're in a laundromat or whether you're in, you know, the comfort of your own home, whether you're in the basement of your apartment building, I think people run into the same issues. Mm-hmm. You know,
10: what, how to get certain stains out, mm-hmm. how to solve problems. Can I just ask, if I turned the tide, uh-huh. would that mean you started talking about something different? Yeah. I just turned the tide.
0: Hey, ease up, Tom. <laughs> Makes you feel kind of bad for Brett Davis. Check out Podcast for Laundry on the Forever Dog Network or wherever you like to grab hold of your podcasts or soundcasts from. Soundcasting continues to get more and more nichey, not nichey, although that may be true as well, and it's making for really interesting content, which is great. The medium can probably only sustain so many pop culture oriented shows with a bunch of dudes shouting at each other. Tyson scooped up a clip's worth of a new entry called And God Created Podcast. So new that there's only one episode up and is only on SoundCloud so far. It features Stephen Peltier, Cassandra Cardenas, Erica Curry, and Mickey Broussard. And although the hosts seem to have gotten religion in their childhoods, they're not really into it as adults, but they have decided to revisit the stories in the Bible without any religious bashing, but really just checking out the stories as stories. Here's a taste.
12: So we're we are we're not going to bash the Bible or bash religion, because how could we? We did not write this book. Uh, so... <laughs> You interpret it the way that you want to interpret it, but my three Bible experts are going to get together, and they're going to tell me a story for my very first time hearing it, and I'm going to react like a human. So, take away voice of God.
4: Well, today, uh, we're going to start with, uh, I think, uh, a pretty well-known story, which is Mm -hmm. uh, Samson's story. Uh, Specifically, we're going to get into Samson and Delilah, that's the main featured story of the mm-hmm. podcast. But we're doing all of Samson because Samson is so fun. Yeah. yeah. He's a fun guy.
5: Uh, Samson is in the book of Judges. Right. And Judges is better than 90% of the action movies <laughs> being made today. Judges is so metal. It's you have just, to
12: read.
4: It's literally God creating 12 heroes to just crush all kinds of people who aren't Israelites. That's it's like, like the Avengers. Yeah, that's what okay. it's the <laughs> Avengers, yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: It's the biblical Avengers. Yeah. It's just like crushing exactly. puss, crushing cities that aren't Hebrew. <laughs> okay. It's
4: incredible.
12: Interesting. Okay. Except
4: Iron Man is circumcised in this one. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the
12: <laughs> only you don't universe. think that Robert Downey Jr. is circumcised? I
6: would guess now.
12: If I, I know, bet I'm, he is. I don't
6: know.
12: Pull of the room, how many men are uncut here?
6: Stephen, you go first.
4: Oh, no, circumcised.
12: Okay, the Hebrew way.
4: I, I as well. The way the Lord prefers. Cassandra, Cassandra.
12: <laughs> <laughs> all foreskin there. Little, oh man, my yeah. little hooded man.
5: So,
4: my clit is just one
5: larked
12: foreskin. <laughs> yeah, it's real unfortunate. Oh yeah, that, that's yeah. When I said my little hooded man, I was referring to my clit. My clit is a man. <laughs> there you go. Welcome to. So the now podcast. we have an explicit on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that E. I don't. Oh, is clit mark-
5: explicit? I think
4: clit's clit fine. C- CBS would, would, would cut that. Clit's like a medical term, though, isn't it? it clit like what, a doctor?
5: Clitoris <laughs> is a medical term.
8: Yeah, but like it's, it's it part clit. of the
4: word. <laughs> yeah, stop saying clit. <laughs> it's like if someone... <laughs> you need to stop. Clit clit boom, Steven. <laughs> Get down
12: with the clit. Okay, go read the story. Okay, so no, clit, Samson, clit, Samson
4: is the last of the, of the judges.
12: Wait, sorry, quick, quick. Click, click, clip, boom. boom? What, yeah. click? Was that written by P.O.D.? Right?
5: Okay, P.O.D. was a Christian podcast. So you know what, You were a Christian,
4: <laughs> Christian band. podcast. Unplaced. Unplaced. So you were
5: right. Okay, go. On. Now a
4: podcast. Okay. So we're starting with uh, the Book of Judges, Chapter 13.
5: Title of this episode, Click, Click, Boom. <laughs> no,
4: I'm
5: sorry. You're going. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's going to be sad. Just Sandra, like- just so you know, that if
12: we were in Sunday school right now, you'd be in so much trouble and you would not get juice and snacks afterwards. Oh,
4: what? Honestly, it would be her parents who were in trouble.
5: (laughs) For raising her to (laughs)
4: They would call her.
5: But to keep up with the theme so
12: far, uh, Mickey, as a man, you've done nothing wrong.
13: Oh, great.
5: Yeah. Good job, Mickey. I started started, started feeling guilty
4: the moment that we started to go. Okay. So we have the birth of Samson. The Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord who therefore delivered them into the power of the Philistines for 40 years. There was a certain man from Zorah of the clan of the Danites whose name was Manoah. His wife was barren and had borne no children. An angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Though you are barren and have no children, you will conceive and bear a son. So
5: for sure that angel fucked his wife, right?
4: Mm. Well, we're getting to that, yeah. Okay. no, you, look, you're going to get, you'll figure this out. Yeah. No. I don't think there's any angel with unclean hands when it comes to an angel appear to you.
5: Oh, really? yeah. If, if, if you see an angel in the Bible, you're going to get fucked.
6: Yeah.
12: Really? Oh. Sex? Every time? Angels?
6: Yeah, Raphael leading you through the desert <laughs> and fucking you in the desert. Uh, mm-hmm. What are other angels? I don't know other angels.
4: The one, the one uh, who appeared to Mary.
8: Oh, is that Gabriel?
12: So what made that one? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah. About Jesus. You are. This just sounds this is like Old, Old Testament. Testament. Mm-hmm. you jumping Testament. New yeah. Testament. Whoopsies.
6: Should we clarify that the Philistines are just like some dudes? Because we googled. Because we were the Philistines is like a total reference point now for people because of Christianity. But yeah. apparently they're just like they they, dudes. they, they are, were just
5: another tribe that were
4: they don't keep Semitic.
5: Yeah, they were just un-Hebrew.
4: Yeah. So they, were, so they are the uncircumcised. Yes. Ah. Mm. walking around a bunch of anteaters over there in Chris. Mm-hmm. Yes. yeah so the angel said smegma yes.
0: <clears throat> you never know if you check out and god created podcast you may discover that the good book is also a good book as i said it's just on soundcloud at this point so you're gonna have to go there for now let's pause for this vaguely intrusive word from our sponsor
2: Friends, summer is just around the corner, so you might be thinking to yourself, gosh, it's time to get out the suntan lotion, rubber thongs, and good old Bermuda shorts. Stop right there, Pilgrim. Did you know that every time you slip on a pair of their shorts, the British Protectorate of Bermuda receives a two-cent royalty? That's right, which is why Henderson's Pants, a loyal and legal corporate entity of these United States since 1896, is introducing their Wake Island abbreviated trousers, roomy and comfortable like the Bermuda shorts you've come to love but with the freedom that comes from knowing you won't be helping out the subjects of our former British oppressors. The stylish Wake Island abbreviated trousers are named for the unincorporated tiny landmass in the North Pacific, which is a legal U.S. protectorate. Now, when those hot, sticky days of summer hit, slip on a pair of Henderson's Wake Island abbreviated trousers and go for a stroll on the beach, around the pool, or through the mall. Feel free to wear briefs, boxers, or nothing at all under your new snazzy and 100% American abbreviated trousers. Because, as a U.S. citizen, you have the right to stow your junk any way you choose. Originally designed for the U.S. Department of Immigration, trout farmers, and dark seedy theaters, that's Henderson's Wake Island abbreviated trousers. Available wherever things you put your legs into
0: are sold. And now, back to more of Suckatash. That's our fine announcer, Bill Haywatt, hawking those shorts. And speaking of Bill, I am very excited to be able to jump right now into the Studio P Wet Bar. It has been so long since Bill Haywatt and I have been able to bend the old elbow there, so let's just do this. Who's in with Bill? All right. It's been a while since we've uh, we've been at the wet bar in Studio P. This is very exciting. Uh, not exactly sure where where Bill is. Uh, oh, I hear him. I I hear his I hear his roomy cough yeah. as he's uh, making his way into the studio. Uh, Bill, Bill, Bill. You all right, Bill? There he is. How's that? How's that? That, oh dear. Thank you very much. Sorry. I look like
1: a small cat. I'm sorry. I had the guitar. Oh, the guitar. Oh, was very really bad. How are you, Mark? It's, it's been great. such it's a been long been a time while. Look at you yes. A little more gray in the beard. Yes. You know, yes. but you're looking well. Your teeth are so white. How do yes. you do it? Straight, white. I've been I've been doing
0: Invisalign,
1: actually. Really? Is yes. that
0: right? Yes. yes. Yes, absolutely. How does that
1: feel? Do you taste it at night or something? Do you feel like there's a roach in your throat and you've got to grab at it? or? No,
0: no. It's just a thing on your teeth. It's fine. It's fine. Really? Yeah. You and should... your
1: lovely wife, does she mind kissing teeth with a, a, no, Invisalign? No, no. Invisalign. Thank you. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. Right. Uh, when was the last time we actually? Oh, you know what? We what? did. The, we did the live episode. Yes. Uh, in San Francisco I for uh, for oh, sketchfest, and, and
1: you had them then. Yeah. And no. You didn't tell me. I, did I have them then? Oh. I think I may have just started. Oh well. Yes. All right, but it's it's a good thing. It's then. working out well. Yes. Oh, that's good. Yes. yes, yes. Well, and, and you've been well. I've been well enough. You know, I have a, a, a strange disease. Is, I must tell you about. It. It's called diplocusis. Diplocusis. Yes, I'm familiar well, with the Well, you term. know, I spent so many years with headphones on my ears, and I've, I, it, it's a, a, a weird syndrome where you actually sometimes hear two pitches instead of one, and so hmm. I hear odd harmonies that never existed. But you I, heard that. You've been hearing that for years. Well, but only because of drink, not because of 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 cerebral issues or ears. It's it's, it's interesting. Hmm. We know. I mean, I felt like I could do whatever I wanted, and and I would sleep it off, you know. But now the gravity wins. Oh yes, Yes, gravity always wins. Yes, well, you know, it's a harsh mistress. It is a harsh mistress, a bitch, to tell you the truth, man. Hey. Hey. Hey, what is that? Oh, you're taking pictures? Mm -hmm. Hey, listen, I've got some great drinks for you. Oh, excellent. I've got a great drink for you, and I want to share it with you. That would be wonderful. This is a Sausalito drink that I want to tell you about.
0: That's where Studio P is Yes, and and, and, you know,
1: Sausalito's changed a lot. It used to be sort of a salty town, you know, with a very active uh, community of anchor outs, and people who live the good life uh, on the water without much. You know, they'd say, well, if we need a part for a boat, we wait for it to float by. And, and a lot of, you know, people from Silicon Valley are, are kind of moving in, yes, the, the, yes. Young, the young and the rich. Yes. And, and, and it's upsetting the, the delicate balance of, of, of art and, and commerce. And commerce wins. You no. know? But,
0: Years ago, of course, the, the mayor of Sausalito was a madam. A madam, Ran a house indeed. of ill repeat.
1: Exactly, yes. Well, all of that's changing now. Very and, much so. And so we have these people that, well, like the women are very, very attractive. And they wear their lululemon sort of. Lululemon, yes. Lululemon, where you see the, the camel toe. Yes. And, and, and the tattoo on their butts. And yes. it's so tight. <laughs> yes. And they, they, they carry their little yoga mats. And it's yeah. all namaste. And they the men that they're with, they're like they wear trucker hats mm. and they have like, like kind of greasy hair and they, they wear uh like, like, like plaid untucked shirts yes, and, and they're millionaires. And they're millionaires. Yes. But but they look like bros, you know. So oh, you yes. have the the, the the women who are the, 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 the yoga princesses yes. and, and, and the, the bros and the bros. And so I, you know, there's a drink that they have, and I'm going to share it with you now. And, and it has, well, I'm going to go over yes, here. Yes, absolutely. Into the, into make your fridge. way around me here. And the first thing that they all love yes. is they love kombucha. Oh, they can't stop you talking know, about that's kombucha. right. So it's, it's tantric, turmeric, mm-hmm. kombucha, organic, and raw. So, you know, I used to make my own kombucha here in Saucily. I'm losing respect for you. No, I'm sorry. This was all years right. ago before it was the thing. Before it was the thing. So well, we've got kombucha, organic,
0: and raw. All right. So, all uh, right. Well, you still got the muscul- musculature it takes to open a bottle. That's good to see. Listen, some things never die. Not Bro. <laughs>
1: right. So, are uh, we going to pour a little cam? Well, let's see. Okay. How we gonna, let's get this, get this right. I'll just, I'll just improvise. Just eyeball Okay, it. I'll just eyeball it. So, it's, it's a 50-50 thing.
0: It's very okay. simple. All right. So, this is... Uh, Half kombucha. Now, does it have to be the turmeric kombucha?
1: Yes. Well, no, it could be any, really. But I thought that since it's all about wild, kinky sex, we're going to go for the tantric Mm. turmeric. Because it's a turmeric, it's a healer. All right, so it's half that. And then the drink of the bros. Ah. Right? So this is for the yoga princess. So it's like the yoga princess drinks the kombucha. Yes. And the bros drink... PBR. Yeah, there you go. The That's 40 right. Answer. That's right. So we've got Kef Kombucha <laughs> mm. and half
0: Pabst Blue Ribbon. Oh,
14: dear. There now we I feel go. Like
0: a, now I feel like ah. I'm, I'm stepping into Smitty's now Bar. the thing
1: is, you don't stir it. Mm. you got to let it be with itself. <laughs> uh, so we, we like to call this drink the, uh, uh, the, the Sausalito Nouveau. Nouveau. Yes. And so I'm going to pour a little bit into this glass All here right. for you. It's got quite a head on it. It's a good head. Okay, so now you you drink that, and I'll drink this. And so it's kombucha, tantric tamer, and Pabst Blue Rib, PBR. Oh, here's to you. Tears to you as here's well. Here's to your all good right. health, Bill. That's yeah. not bad, or oh, you don't like
0: it. No, well, it's all right. It is all right, it's, really. It's surprisingly, it, you know what it tastes like? It tastes what? like... You've somehow taken PBR and you've made it into one of those froofy
1: micro-brews. Yes. <laughs> craft, artisan mm-hmm. beer. You know what craft artisan beer, means? What like. You know what artisan really means? What's that? Made by hand by white people. <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> yes. I like this. This uh-huh, uh-huh. is, car- ladies and gentlemen, so you got one part kombucha, generally the tantric tumor. I have a tagline for And this. Uh, what is that? Refreshingly, refreshing enlightenment. Refreshing enlightenment. I would just say, namaste, bro. <laughs> That's what I would say. I would love Here's it. Here's to your hoe, bro. Mm. They say, <laughs> bros before hoes, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my god. Mm-hmm. No wonder there's so much sexism in this mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That is not bad. It's
1: not bad no, at all. That if is I, not bad. You know what? I'm going to try this one more time. It's really, it's it's, it's quite good. So we're going to... Yeah, let's do it again. Yeah, why fun. not? With too much is always better than not enough. That's what I always say. Absolutely. You know, I was telling a friend about this, and she wrinkled up her nose, and then she said, you know, God damn it, that just might work, and I'll tell you yeah. something, it does. PBR kombucha. Oh, we'll here share go. That, yeah. A little bit more. Because yes. um,
0: we actually have... A, we have this fire noodle challenge you. coming up. Yes,
1: I know. And we've got to get steeled up for this. This oh. is, is going to be something. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, well, yes. I can, really. But anything for Cheers. Samantha, I just Here's love her, you, her, you know. You know she's so far away. I know. Girl. I know.
0: Do you remember Royal and Doodle? Oh, Yes, I do. Tommy Royal has uh, moved to South Korea to be with her. Really? Yes.
1: Could I? <laughs> yes. Wow! Yes, yeah, she would welcome you. Bro. Well, I wouldn't go to North Korea. No. I would, if Kim Jong Un drank one of these, he'd be a much better hang, mm. I would think. You know, he would I would a, think so. Uh, this
0: is not bad. It does taste like a craft beer.
1: That's why you come to me. That's right. That's why boozing with Bill yes. is is the place to be. No one can say
0: Bill's place. All but right, me, me.
1: Well, I'd like to thank you all for joining mm-hmm. us, and that's all I got for this edition of Boozing with Bill. Bill.
0: Cheers. Cheers. All right. You can find Bill's easy-peasy recipe for the Sausalito Nouveau up at our home site, SuccotashShow.com. And I will be honest with you, that was a damn fine way to zhuzh up a PBR. All right, we've got a clip submission from Eric and Sean, hosts of the Import Taste Soundcast, who used our direct upload link through Hightail.com. And because it features one of their phony sponsors, I thought slugging it in close to our own Henderson's spot would be apropos. Here's the note that accompanied their upload. Quote, Import Taste is a comedy show with Eric and Sean which focuses on their inane conversations, wacky characters and bits, and commercials that pay them nothing. (laughs) These are the commercials and a bit around the commercials. The commercials are really just comedy bits we do and pretend like they're actual sponsors. Thanks, unquote. Well, thank you, Eric Driscoll, and especially Sean Kendall, who sent the clip in from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Now, full disclosure, guys, I had a direct mail interchange with uh, Sean on Twitter last week about a bunch of stuff, and one thing was this clip. Even though we asked that the clips run three to five minutes, and believe me, five minutes can be a long time in Soundcast land, he said the best they could do is get this to six minutes. Well, gents, After listening to it, I thought of a couple of cuts to make everything flow a little smoother. I switched a few things around, and uh, one of the commercials is no longer in there. Maybe I'll play it. You know what? I'll play it as a tag at the very end of the show, because I feel bad that I took it out. But I wanted to shorten up your clip. Apologies to your comedy timing sensibility, guys, if this cut pisses you off. But know that I did it with the best of intentions. So here is the clip. With some alterations that only the artists will be likely to pick out from the import taste Soundcast, running time now three minutes and fifty-two seconds.
15: Well, since we're kind of have a hard out here, I am not going to comment on Wait, the whoa. today.
16: Why do I have a hard on then?
15: That is a good question. I don't know. I don't see how that's
16: relevant. Well, you said that we have a hard out, but I have a hard on.
15: It's not a hard off. Just make sure we're. Clear oh, on that. oh! What would be a? I mean, you'd have to think it would be a soft off, right? <laughs> soft, it would be the opposite of a hard off. Soft off. off. <laughs> man, man, I had a real soft off the other day.
3: Uh, uh, guys, guys, guess what happened last night? What is it? Uh, I got a soft off. I
15: saw a boob. Wait, wait! You saw a boob, and it finally made you flaccid? <laughs> it, it was my mom's. Oh, well, that makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God. We're yucking yums. We're doing the wrong thing.
16: Yeah, we are.
15: If you want to have a soft off listener, go ahead and do it. it there's nothing wrong with that.
16: But make sure your child is nowhere near. Please, Because you didn't, you don't want your uh, child going to classroom and telling little Billy, Billy Bum that they saw a soft off. Would it be the same voice you just used? I don't know.
14: Uh, hey, hey, guys. Hey, guys. Uh, guys uh, I walked into my parents' having sex, and my dad had a soft off. And my mom said, you're going to have to get that thing hard. And I, I was like, well, how do you do that? And then, and then I left the room almost immediately, 10 minutes later.
15: <laughs> so, yeah, oh, that's shit. what a soft off is all okay. about, folks. So if you have a soft off after listening to this podcast, honestly, I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. Speaking of soft offs... Didn't you have something that gave you a bit of a soft off lately? That oh, was it was yeah. a bit of a crawdad under a, your craw? a deboner,
16: a, de boner, a real deboner, a <laughs> deboner, uh, and a boner wrecker, if you will.
15: Mm, yeah, a uh, bit of a not cool, bro.
16: Oh yeah, I think uh, we got to get to commercials. Perp derp derp derpy do, heb derp derpy do, derpy do. I just can't seem to figure this out. Man, there's got to be an easier way, right? Herp derp derby doo, herby derp derby doo. What? Who
15: what was that? Herp derp derby derp derp, doo derby doo, herby doo. Derby doo, derp derp, derby doo and derby doo. Am I in some kind of commercial or something? This is
16: herby derp 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 derby doo. Derpity-derp-derp, burpy-derp, derp, herp-derp, derby doo It sounds like you're trying to sell me something, maybe? I don't know. Where
15: the fuck gonna... Herp-derpy-doo, derby Derp-derp, derby derp-derp, derpity-doo. Derp, derp derp, derp derp, derp um... Herp-derp, derpity-doo, a uh, herp-derp, derp derpity doo
16: Um... Derpy, derpy, darpy, dude? What the fuck just happened? Okay, are you going to put the theme song in here? No, I did it before you said oh. that. So I'll take that back. Do not put it here.
15: No, not there either. It was before. It was mm-hmm. already I already put it in. No, mm-hmm.
16: I said don't put it here.
15: I know, I'm not going to put it here.
16: Oh. Okay, we'll put it ah. there. There. <laughs> okay.
15: Uh, there.
6: Womp womp.
15: <laughs> we already did that, go. <laughs>
16: okay.
5: Wah, wah.
0: All right. Hope you boys weren't too pissed off with me taking some editing liberties with your clip there. Not cool, bruh. You can catch more of Import Taste with Eric and Sean from their home site over at uh, podsberg.com slash importtaste. Or just go to iTunes, Player FM, Stitcher, and the usual soundcasty places. Next up, we've got a clip from a show that's been around for a while, over 400 episodes to be exact. And although we clipped the solo soundcast from one of the co-hosts back in Succotash Epi 149... The That's Deep Bro Show, hosted by comic Christina Pajitsky, this is the first chance we've had to clip your mom's house with Christina and her husband, comedian Tom Segora. Tom also hosts his own soundcast called Charge It to the Game. All right, clearly that wasn't entirely true back there a bit, what I said. It's not like we haven't had the chance to clip their show before, it's just I hadn't gotten around to it. Nothing personal. In fact, it's way funnier than my show, and they work a lot harder to get episodes out on time. And they have three podcasts between them, so I'm not sure we're even fit to clip this. But here it is: your mom's house from recent appu four o three with no guest, just Tom and Christina talking about being sick and the danger of golf carts.
12: Uh, so we invited. We've been sick this week. Of course, the minute yeah, I got home from Seattle and the kid is sick, and then we got the cold. Everybody's sick. Um, but you invited cousin Bri Bri over yeah, on Sunday and they have a little one as well. And you kind of, I mean, we're on the line of not contagious anymore. Honestly, yeah, we're, we're on all the way the right. Out, yeah. But as a, as a parent courtesy, you kind of take, you err on the side of caution and you go like, uh, maybe we shouldn't let that baby around our baby who's still got a snotty nose. You know? Yeah. But you were like, screw it. Invite him over.
13: Well, here's the thing. This is our second time making plans with them. Yeah. And the the last time we made plans with them, I canceled like two hours before when I had that stomach thing going on. Diarrhea. But that's because I was was sick. I was taking an antibiotic that gave me diarrhea. Yeah. And my parents were in town. It was terrible. So now it's like it's the end of a cold. The boy is much better. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling... Better now. I was a little shitty, but I knew I was on the way out. So I was like, I could call him and give him a warning, but I know how cautious he is. Yeah. And the warning he would take too seriously. So I was like, I just won't give him a warning. And then maybe when he gets here he'll be like, Oh, I get nervous.
12: <laughs> and you like that. And I thought
13: that'd be funny, yeah. yeah. To watch him sweat a little bit.
12: Yeah. But he didn't. At all. He did great. Yeah. He really held his I shit. I was together. a little
13: excited about it. I was like, oh maybe he'll be yeah. Maybe he'll be like extra cautious, but I think it's funny.
12: Yeah, I like I like that too when people get freaked out. Yeah. Cuz I get freaked out.
13: Um like this it's like this kind of thing. Do you think this is horrible or hilarious? Uh-uh. But, uh, it's a uh, guys driving a golf cart and they went up like over a small like a dirt hill. I guess it was probably a maybe an 8-foot, 10-foot hill, and then their cart flipped them off of the front.
12: hmm I, I like golf carts and, and silliness in golf carts, yeah. so I'm going to go for funny yeah. because they knew what they were getting into. Well, they could
13: they could have gotten really hurt right there.
12: They could have, but they made a choice, and they did yeah. it, and yeah. they don't look... I don't know. Yeah. Golf cart shit's hilarious to me. It's so much fun. That
13: golf cart really held up. I thought it would flip or something. It yeah. Just, it kind of held up really well.
12: This is like... um. That true TV show I used to do, yeah, where it was it was like wildest TV mo- That's or some right, shit. Yeah, this is all the videos we cover, and then I have to be like, the next time the guy says that, you got to do that. Like you'd have your dumb oh, jokes. Yeah. Remember, I used to write like ton, yeah. tons of jokes for these kind of clips.
13: Yeah, Reminds very me that. the, the um, when you watch those shows, <laughs> is mind numbing. You can tell which jokes were written by the
12: producers, yeah,
13: and which jokes were written by the comics. comics. Yeah,
12: world's dumbest. That was the name of the show. Yeah, because
13: the producer jokes were like, oh, producer jokes are the worst. Yeah.
12: Yeah, yeah. They would yeah. Feed,
13: feed us, try to feed us jokes on... Um, the, the other true TV show, yeah, How to Be, be a Grown-Up. How to Be a Grown-Up, and we'd be like, no, nope.
12: no, We never did.
13: I don't want to say that. <laughs>
0: you want to say that? Can you say a version of that? No. <laughs> Christina and Tom often have guests on their show, Your Mom's House. Lots of comedians, so check out Your Mom's House at their home site. <laughs> Easy to remember, Your Mom's yourmomshousepodcast.com. As well as all the other podcatchers you can think of, including the Laughable app. Speaking of which, are you a comedy Soundcast fan? Have you snagged the Laughable app yet? This thing is first-rate for finding, subscribing, and streaming and downloading The Funny. It's got a great search algorithm so you can find your favorite comedians on all the Soundcasts they've guested on, too. I do have to say it's not perfect, or maybe because I'm just not that big a deal. It doesn't work great for finding me, Mark Hershon. Actually, it does, but it's too good in a way. Just check it out. Here, I put my name in the Laughable search bar, and besides Suckatash episodes, I see that I was on Epi 177 of the Stand-Up Chronicles. True. And Epi 192 of the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. Also true. And Chill Pack Hollywood Hour number 314. Very true. But Laughable apparently thinks that Mara Heron is a close enough fit to Mark Hershon, So I'm also seeing the shows that she, she's been on. Uh, it really is a great Soundcast companion to... Uh, I'm, I'm busting their their balls, if, if a app has balls. Uh, you really want it on your smartphone, so go to laughable.com or just download it from the App Store for iOS. I'm told there is an Android version coming soon. Uh, so check that out. All right, what's next? Oh, man, it looks like we're down to the last clip in the barrel. There's still another burst of Durst and the tweet sack before we're done, but we're going to wrap up the clip portion with one that Tyson grabbed us from another newbie cast called Gone Riffin on the Feral Audio Network, hosted by Rich Fulcher and Abed Gaith. They're about seven episodes in, and the clip we have is from Epi 2. You may recognize Abed as the real Abed from Harmontown podcast, and Rich is a comedian, writer, and improviser who's been on Snuffbox, Drunk History, and the Mighty Boosh. Here's what they sound like.
8: Gone riffin' with Rich Fulcher and Abed Gaith.
14: Hey, uh, Hey. Uh, uh, where are we? Where are we? Well, do you like my sweater? Where yes, it's a very nice sweater you have. It's like a Oakland Raiders sweater. It's a gone Riffin show with a Oakland Raiders sweater. Yes, brought to you by the lovely people at uh, Feral po. Audio. Slim po. It's simple and slips on ya. And it has a Poe in the name. Like Edgar <laughs> Allen Poe. Yes. Well, that's a little on the head, but Oh yeah, it is? Sure. Did I go too far? Did I uh I, I got too dark with it. I shouldn't get so dark. We're here at the home of Edgar Allan Poe. This is where Edgar Allan Poe made his last uh, stand. Yes. He, he stood. He and never then he, paid his taxes. He, he, no, the he wasn't a. The taxpayers came into his He wasn't a home, normal tax-paying and he had an old harpoon spear. He used to love those redundant? harpoons. That was his downfall. When the taxmen came to the door. He had a harpoon ready he for him. threw the harpoon. <laughs> and right into their face. And hit his own mother. She was there. She. It was a surprise birthday party. So she was, shocked was Edgar Allan Poe's mother that no! he died of a seizure. Oh, my gosh. I destroyed my own mother. That oh, is the end of seizure. the tour. Oh, that the, is the end of the tour. Please go to the gift shop. Now. Yes, uh, now. At the gift shop, we Bye. have... We have Telltale Heart. We have uh, How- Fall of the House of the Usher. What are his other books? What if it was like the wrong author? Like, Sleepy Hollow. Get your <laughs> yeah. Sleepy Hollow here. Get your copy DVD of Sleepy Hollow. The movie that some of you liked. Some of you <laughs> didn't. Most of you didn't. Most of you in the audience didn't like, but it's for sale. Uh, seven ninety nine. <laughs> How much would a does DVD rotten cost? Rotten Tomatoes do non-comedy movies? Yeah, yeah, they're so called dramas. do you dramas. think they have a rating for they, they, Sleepy They Hollow? have a drama rating? And I, they have a... I don't know. Maybe that'll grow on me over Did time. Did you like that I movie Sleepy Hollow? Time. There's an interesting question. Did you see that movie in the theaters and you liked it? <laughs> No, I didn't see a movie in the theater since <laughs> Boat nicks. I I, uh, I remember watching that movie, and I and I and I was kind of confused. It's like, oh, right, okay, yeah. the guy I, I, doesn't I thought, have a head because he's haunted. No, no, no. I know the story oh, of of. Okay, come on, give me some credit. Come on, bro. man. Yo, bro, I read that goddamn *Sleepy Hollow* shit. I know pumpkins. I know about the headless pumpkin guy. He threw the pumpkin. What? Bilbo Baggins. No, look, look, I know the story, look, I know the story of, uh, of of Bilbo Baggins. I mean, of, I know the story of Sleepy Baggins. What is his name? Sleepy Baggins. Ichabod Crane. I know well, the story. I've got story. a lot of Sleepy um, Baggage. okay? I have That's Sleepy baggage That's Bill Cosby, all right? Of Ip- Ip- Ichabod <laughs> Bob Crane. Ichabod- right? Bob Bob. Bill Cosby's <laughs> autobiography, Sleepy Baggage. Oh, I got <laughs> Sleepy Baggins. Hello. Wait, I forget how Yeah, your, your baggage looks a little bit sleepy. Your baggage looks a little sleepy. <laughs> Allow me to handle your baggage. Jello. Your, that jello baggage looks sleepy. No, Let me I, handle see, that. Here's the thing about that. Uh, he... Uh, no, listen, I'm getting into territory maybe we shouldn't be talking about. You're getting into territory but, that maybe we... No, but listen... He those things he's done are really really bad. No, well, why? I, I mean, no, but this is my saying. question. This guy was in the '60s on top of the world, right? Right, but we're why not. Why does the 60s. he? Why did he need any sort of drugs? To well, who who not female drugs? companionship? You're asking a question. No, but of, it's of almost al- like a power. It's like the thing. ultimate yeah, question. I'm, like I'm really what? getting into hey, a fight hey, with you. Hey, uh, Jim no, Morrison. Why, why do you need drugs? Hey, because <laughs> you might as well ask uh, a be- leprechaun why does it he need gold? Haunted. Because look, I'm, I'm a leprechaun and I need gold. When you're a stranger, hey, l- listen, Mr. Leprechauns, leprechauns <laughs> want gold. I'm saying, <laughs> what if that was his song? <laughs> ask the clouds, oh, why great, do you need rain? Hey, great why, why are here. you raining, clouds? It's about leprechauns. Yeah, yeah it's it about leprechauns. Like People are strange <laughs> when, when you're, you're a, a leprechaun. No, it's a people are strange when you're for a leprechaun. Gold. All right, you go. Uh, <laughs> I'm singing over So, you. wait, I forgot what we were talking about before that. Uh, leprechauns, what? gold,
0: Jim Morrison, drugs. Drugs. Okay. You want more Gone Riffin? They hang their mics at feralaudio.com. Plus, they're out there in the Soundcast universe everywhere else. So, check them out. All right, let's go ahead and let Tweety out of his burlap sack for Tweet Sack Time. Yeah, There you go. Uh, this is where I read your emails, tweets, and other correspondence, of course. There will be, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, one last burst of Durst coming up after this segment. And it's a goodie all about how President Donald Trump, who, could get away with his boast last year about being so popular that he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue in New York and nobody would probably care. So stick around for Durst. All right, this first note was a bummer to get. I'm not going to lie to you because I had high hopes that this was going to turn into a fun project. I'm going to keep a lot of this under wraps in terms of specifics just because I don't want to piss these people off in case we do end up working things out one of these days. But it ain't looking good. The short strokes are that I was trying to pull a deal together to turn a soundcast I really like into a TV show that I was hoping a lot of other people might really like. Now, I've got nothing to do with this particular uh, soundcast other than being a fan, but I managed to hook the producers of the soundcast up with some TV producer friends of mine in Los Angeles, and we were well on our way to try to get things going as far as turning it into a real TV show, but as time went on, we started to get just kind of radio silence from the soundcast folks who'd been having some problems sorting out the rights and talent and other production-y things. Finally, we got this note recently, and again, I'm going to omit names and titles and such, but uh, I just wanted to share this uh, sadness with you, I guess. Okay, quote, Hi, my apologies for the extended delay in reply. We've been on a bit of an awkward crossroads with the production of blank, that name of the sound cast there, trying to put our house in order and decide where to go from here. Unfortunately, a byproduct of this is that we have decided to remain focused inwards for the time being, and I'm afraid we are unable to commit to anything with yourselves. We are extremely grateful for your kindness and interest towards us, and I am sorry that working with you is not possible at this time. We wish you all the best and hope that we may be able to speak again in the future. Many thanks, Signed, Person Who Just Crushed Your Hopes and Dreams. Actually, I put that in to cover the person's name, but it was sad. It was, I thought it was going to happen. Ah, that's a bit of a setback, but a valuable lesson that most people who are doing a soundcast, even today, 15 plus years into the medium, just can't seem to get their shit together. So, ah, man. Anyway, I did get a nice note from a fellow named Rick Karlruher. Karl, Karl I really have never said his name out loud, who sent along a book he's written called Standoff, How the Cold War Really Ended. It's from a movie idea has been trying to get made for years and he wanted to bring it to my attention. I have it downloaded. It's up on my iPad, but I just have not had time quite yet to crack it open. But anyway, I'm looking forward to reading it. I will. And maybe we'll have you on the show to talk about the weird journey that your uh, your story has been on. Uh, That Standoff, How the Cold War Really Ended. Speaking of books, I'm going to be quoted in a book coming out uh, on branding, which is my day gig, you know, coming up with names for products and companies and services. I was a guest a while back on a soundcast about branding called On Brand, where I was interviewed by the host, Nick Westergaard. He sent me a release agreement this past week to sign so he could use my words of golden wisdom in the book, which is due out in the spring of next year, entitled Brand Now standout branding in a distracted digital world. All right. Other than PR people wanting me to review their client soundcast and some random spam, that's pretty much the tweet sack for this week. Save for our cavalcade of gratitude. I like to crank up the cavalcade to thank those of you who've been so kind to us on social media and passing the succotash and saying some nice stuff about us. So if you happen to tweet, retweet, forward, like, thumbs up, or star us this past week or so, we may well be mentioning you in the moments to come. Along with a delightful musical track in the background, composed and performed by none other than our own Tyson Saner. All right, here we go. Yvette Smith... Adam Todd Brown, PTO Unlimited Podcast, Scott Keck, Jordan Brady, Alex Brazel, Phil Lerness, Davian Dent, David K. Barnes, Ellis, Robot Pizza Van Funny News, Tomislav Spragge, I don't know how to pronounce S-P-R-A-J-C, Spragge, Illusionoid, Ice in the Face, and that's it. Wow, quick, quick ride this week. Oh well, I get to quit early, right after this, as a matter of fact.
3: Hey guys, Will Durst here, remembering back when Donald Trump boasted, I could stand in the middle of 5th Avenue and shoot someone and wouldn't lose voters. Well, now that we've seen him operate, we have a pretty good idea how that would go down. First, he'd shoot someone in the middle of 5th Avenue. Then he'd maintain that no one in the middle of 5th Avenue was shot. Then he'd claim he was nowhere near 5th Avenue. Then he denied that Fifth Avenue exists. Witnesses that identified him as the person who shot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue would be disregarded because they went to college. Then he claimed he had teams of investigators working hard on discovering who shot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue. Then the videotape of him shooting someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue would be called fake. Then he'd insist that the person who shot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue was secretly hired by Hillary Clinton's campaign. Then he'd say he would publicly announce whether he had shot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue in a very short period of time. Then he would point out a squirrel with a fluffy tail running across the middle of Fifth Avenue. Then he'd say that it doesn't matter if he shot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue because that person was already dead. Then he'd say he was just counter-shooting. Then he'd say there was something very suspicious about the person who was shot in the middle of Fifth Avenue. Then he'd say that Democrats had shot many more people in the middle of Fifth Avenue. Then he'd say that the person shot in the middle of Fifth Avenue deserved to be shot. Then shooting people in the middle of Fifth Avenue would become a very popular excursion option for guests staying at Trump Tower, receiving four and a half stars on TripAdvisor. For Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast, I'm
0: Will Durst. If you would like to follow Durst in bite-sized pieces, or maybe it's fun-sized pieces, follow him over on Twitter, at Will Durst. That's going to do it. Next time, it's a Suckatash Chats with our old friend of the show and returning guest Jordan Brady on the eve of the release of his movie, I Am Battle Comic... If you liked what you heard, visit iTunes to rate and review us, won't you? And do check out our new Patreon page at patreon.com slash succotash. Take it away, Bill Haywatt, and then pour me another one of them tasty sauce-lido Nouveaux's. Now get!
2: You've been listening to Suckatash Clips The Comedy Soundcast Soundcast With your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and Imagine your company's name right here Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com On iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio On SoundCloud, and on Ha ha ha, the laughable app you can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at MARC at Show.com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our non toll free call number, 818 921 7212. That number again is
15: 818 921 7212.
2: You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at Hytale.com. Dot com slash you slash Succotash. is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Dirges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Succotash. Goodbye.
16: Hi there, I'm Bob Ferrier, with Bob Ferrier's Spider Carriers. Do you have a need to carry a spider, or maybe three? How about a whole dozen? Of course you do, doesn't everybody? Bob Ferrier's Spider Carriers are only the finest in spider carriage technology. To keep your spiders safe and secure, we don't mess around with ancient technology. We feature latching systems like a double-triple airlock system, a patented voice technology that only your voice can unlock. Most companies just want you to scan your fingerprints to unlock their locking mechanisms. We use a patented technology that scans the bottom of your nut sack to ensure nobody gets to your spiders. We guarantee that our spider carriers are impenetrable and unescapable. And I'll demonstrate this right now. Since you don't believe me, I've brought 250,000 of the world's most deadliest poisonous spiders in the world. Allow me to demonstrate our locking mechanism by unlocking one of our carriers. I'll just, here we go, and here we go, and the nutsack scan, followed by the air locking mechanism. And now, our patented clasp system. It's not only impenetrable and unscapable, but it's elegant and beautiful. Let me just reach in here and see if I can grab one of these dangerous spiders. Wait a second, where have all the spiders gone? No, I'm serious, guys. Where are the fucking spiders? There's no fucking spiders in this case. I'm fucking serious. <coughs>